Hello and welcome to the edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. After last week's one-to-one with the manager, I've decided to bring in other people because quite frankly, I'd be like the Titanic. There's a reference coming up here in a minute to that, by the way, for people listening. Um, right, I'm joined by Dan Telfler. Hello, Dan. You all right? Yeah, good. Thanks for you. Not too bad. I haven't been on for a while. I do apologise, but every time I try and get you on, we, we just miss each other. So it's nice to see yeah. you in the slip. In the flesh again. Finally, yes. Thank yes, you. Yes, oh, always welcome. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how to introduce you anymore, Jim, because of your job, you keep changing. So I'm just going to say James Evans, who's currently working on Mastermind. Is that okay to say that, or is it a secret that I've just blown it? No, that, no, that is completely, completely accurate. You know, and not that I, I'm hunting for followers on social media, but it says it on my social media things that I'm working on Mastermind. So, yeah. Is it so too when... late to apply, mate? No, you can still apply. So, uh, <laughs> if you're listening you get, to it right, if you're listening to it the next day, applications are still open. Mid May. Do you ever get anyone really daft to plan? Who's, who, who, you're sitting there and you have to go listen to all the questions and they get like everything wrong, including the name, or is, is everyone really smart? I'll tell you the I'll tell you the best one of something like that. It wasn't on Mastermind. It was on Pointless. Someone was auditioning. And then you have to do like interviews with them and stuff. They didn't score very well. And then it was like, why do you want to be on the show? And no, not kidding. The guy went, well, I really like Bradley. Uh, I think the chase is a cracking show. But he was deadly serious. And his teammate like, gave him a punch in the ribs and went, this is for pointless, mate. <laughs> so that was, that didn't go very well. Um, well how did Chris Charles get on then in the show? Um, he sent in an application form, but I had nothing to do with it because I'm a professional. No, I mean, I was trying to say that was Chris Charles, mate. Was... No, no, I know, but that, that's too meta. It's too meta. We might have people that have never heard this before. Didn't know that Chris uh, Charles was even on Pointless. Moving on, Killjoy's leaving the room in a minute. John oh. Reese is with us. Uh, John is known also as the man who goes to QPR, takes loads of photographs and enjoys himself, um, which makes you pretty unique at the moment. Hello, John. Hello, how's everybody doing? <laughs> we're all right, John. We're all suffering, as we all are, but you know, we can't really whinge, can we, with what you're going through in life? So we're not going to whinge, but we'll probably end up whinging. Everyone's entitled to their own whinges. <laughs> oh, God, don't say that, John. I'll be here all day. <laughs> you know, my, my biggest whinge at the moment is driving through London. Nobody can use a roundabout. It's doing me nothing. I, I just, and also, people who go to petrol stations and fill up and then go and do their shopping, and you're there for like two hours. Really irritating. Anyway, I digress because it, I mean, I don't know if the dear listener, you may have noticed we haven't mentioned Queen's Park Rangers yet. There's a reason for that. We're going to get depressed in a second and we're holding off for a second. But is everyone having, up until we start talking about Rangers, have we all had good weeks? Yeah. Well, I mean, not really, because if we've lost at the beginning of it, that ruins the rest of the week until the next game. But yeah, I mean, technically, yes. Fine. James, it's been fine. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm in Belfast right now, as you might have alluded to earlier with your Titanic reference, because it was a. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, good week. I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be back, I'll be back at um, uh, Loftus Road, Kyan Prince for Friday's game, um, which, which will be nice. 
ish, I guess. Friday night, have a couple of beers. No, I don't like it's gonna be my dad. I mean, my dad and the people I've sat next to for years. Maybe there'll be some football. <laughs> See, the thing is, like, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk Queen's Park Rangers now. I'm really annoyed that it's a Friday night because this game should be a Saturday and we should be able to say goodbye to the players and send them off um, because we'll probably not see some of them again and that includes probably some of the coaching staff as well I've got a horrible feeling but hey-ho and so on and you kind of think to yourself and Sky have just completely pulled the plug on that and I feel sorry for the kids because it's you know I'm too old to run on the pitch because my knees don't last very long anyway but it's just don't you think it's a bit of a shame John that this, this happening like this because it just seems to be a bit of an anticlimax, doesn't it? Like the whole flip at the end of the season. Yeah, what was it? Eight eight games. Eight, was it eight home games? We've had three o'clock kickoffs on Saturdays this season. Mm. You know, when when you're trying to get the the youngsters involved in in watching the football, they are the games that you can take them to. You you start moving them late midweek and, and stuff like that for the telly. It's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. If you you know if you're lucky enough to live near the ground, all well and good, but. You know, I was reading on Twitter earlier that there's a lady coming all the way up from Devon, you know, with her kids to watch the game. So it's 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 hard. They, they move it about, you make plans, and then yeah, Sky ruin it for you. Well, I'm actually I'm actually coming from Swansea to see the game because I'm going to Swansea tomorrow to do some things away from football, and um, and then I'm travelling, and I had to get the train, but and the train luckily the book train back was booked for seven fifteen to get into London, but I was cacking it because. It's just annoying. Dan, is it are you are you making it on Friday or are you are you not able to go? No, I'll be there. Yep, as always. Yeah. Not really. What's your thoughts Usually on Friday? Looking forward to it. Well, yeah, it, I agree. I think you, you want the last home game of the season to be a Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Or, or you know, I don't even mind if it's the Sunday afternoon when everyone's all playing at the same time, but a Friday night just feels like if we were still in with a shout, if we'd have won last week. I might feel differently because it, uh, because it would it would then be a massive game tomorrow, and you'd be thinking, well, it might not be our last game because if we can win this, and then beat Swansea, we got a chance. So so it wouldn't feel as bad. But because you know it's over, yeah, it's it's worse. Yeah, it's, it just seems stupid. I mean, the um that that's interesting. I've read that as well, John, about the eight Saturday games, and that's a nonsense because it's just it, with a club like us, it needs to build a fan base. This this doesn't help, does it? Also, the fact that we dropped off the edge of a cliff the last X amount of games didn't help either. But I don't think that this from not having Saturdays at three o'clock has not helped our cause at all, has it? Let's be honest. No, it hasn't. But but saying that, I mean, I've left it to lastminute.com getting tickets because I've got Dottie's last chemo on Friday. So it was a bit up in the air whether we'd be, um, be going. But I've got tickets for me and Bella. And when I was looking on, online, there was very few tickets available. So okay. although we say, you know, it's a Friday night, I think the faithful are going to be there. <laughs> come rain, come shine, come light, come dark. My, do you know what my mum used to always say to me? And... In my mind, I was going to attempt to do my mum's Belfast accent, but that'd be dumb because I've actually got one myself. Um, she used to always say to me, son, you're awful. I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm doing her voice. She's, she's speaking to me. Now I'm mad. She says, son, you're either awful loyal or awful stupid. And I know you quite well. And I know where she was going with that frigging one, <laughs> I can tell you. I don't know what I was saying was, if you had no luck, or if you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. Anyway, I suppose you better talk about what's been happening. I mean, 
it just seems to me, I mean, we've been talking about this for the last six or seven weeks in the podcast, game after game after game. But, James, is, is it not a case of it's a bloody hope that just hurts so much? Well, I mean, yes, obviously. But I, obviously, you know, you've got your little groups that you send text messages to and stuff. And all year long, I just text my mates um, before the wheel. I just send them a picture of the league table when we were up in the top six. And I'd be like, I'm just enjoying this until the wheels come off because it's just QPR. I just, it, it, the problem is you had such a long amount of the season where you were like looking at everything that's gone so far this season. Oh, well, the playoffs are not a cert, but that's where we should be. But I always, I always thought that we were probably slight. This is not the power of hindsight. I've got like, I'd be like getting a nosebleed. Let's see how long the, 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 the team lasts at this position. I always thought we were slightly higher than where we probably were in terms of overall quality. Unfortunately, we've sort of just fallen away at kind of the most deflating time of the season anyway. And also, especially for fans. Like, you know, I have, uh, my interest in this season has dipped. I mean, I'm sure it has, it will have for the players as well because they're not playing for anything anymore. So, yeah, it is. I mean, to be for, for me, it was the um, the Peterborough game at home was the one that really was like, oh, we're definitely we're finished now. Um, and then I had a, a good friend of mine, um, Rob, who's a QPR fan, lives up lives up in um, lives up in Manchester, works for BBC Sport. Finney, there you go. I, I, I took I took him to Fulham once. I don't think he's ever recovered from um, the pub. No, I think I can't. I think he went to Forest away, and he was he just texted me like dire. <laughs> and um, I, I think we're done, aren't we? Went, we're definitely done. So, but I, I'm not wildly surprised about the, uh, you know, that we that we've dipped off. Obviously, it's a shame because you'd love to see us in the playoffs, love to see us try and get promoted, go up. But I'm not wildly surprised. I always thought, and I thought this. Sorry, I'm rambling a bit. I've tried not. To. No, it's not a podcast. I've, well. I've always thought within Warburton's reign. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but. We've had some stonking wins, but quite a lot of the games that we've ended up winning has always felt like a knife-edge result. Like, oh, it could have gone, or a couple of great saves by Senny could easily have been a draw. Somehow we've just ridden out that little bit and it's turned. For the record, I, I quite like Warburton. Um, he's the first. It's the first time where a manager's job's been in doubt, whereas I can completely see it either way. And I can see why people say, ah, oh, for and against. And I'm not saying I, I'm sitting on the fence at all. Like, I think he deserves it. But if he doesn't continue, so be it. A little bit. Um, I'm trying to keep that. My opinion on that's obviously bigger, but I'm trying to keep it brief to let other people speak. No, it's, it's part of a podcast, mate. It's not the, it's not the BBC. <laughs> no pun intended towards your job. Dan, <laughs> another person who's a professional talker. What do you think? Um, no, I'm a, a bit different, really. I I was pretty confident the whole season we'd finish in the playoffs. I didn't, I you know, I I didn't doubt it really. I thought I thought we might fall off, but I didn't. I thought we would we would, however badly we fell off, it wouldn't be anything like this. I thought, and and actually, you know, as Clive said on the message board today, and I've been saying it to people as well. We should have beaten Cardiff and Peterborough. We were 1-0 up in both games and were cruising and were by far the better side in both of those games and somehow managed to lose both of them. Just We, we were just, you know, awful second-half performances. But if we won those two, we'd be exactly where I expected we would be for the whole season, which is sort of fifth, sixth, and hopefully 
having hopes alive going into the last couple of games of the season and maybe we maybe we'll make some playoffs. I never I never ever thought we would go up. I always I always thought we'd lose in the playoffs. But I thought we would finish fifth or sixth. So it's been yeah, it's it's been really disappointing. And just to have a, a run that bad. Um I, I don't know what the reasons, you know, I'm sure, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast in previous weeks. I, I think there's no one reason. There's, there's probably 20 or 30 different small reasons. Some of it's bad luck. I think Willock, Willock and Dieng, I think, are much bigger reasons than anyone perhaps realises being injured. Um, but yeah, the season's over too soon. John, I know I'm coming to you and you've just mentioned we Doddy having chemo and everything else and it and you know you're not doing it for to put everything in perspective anything else, but I'm aware of it when I'm asking you this question. But how, how you know, what do you what's your thoughts? So year on year, Mark has improved the team, the team has improved, and we've we've finished higher in the table um in, in the two consecutive years. So what Dan said, you, you do agree that you'd want to, we finished ninth last season, so you'd think the playoffs would be achievable this year because of the, the momentum and the progress you're making. And then the point James made about you, you're you going to tail off at some point in the season or you're going to have a bad run of games. It's where those bad run of games fit in. And I think we've been unlucky that they've come at that point, right at the sort of crux, the crux of the season where you want to build momentum to finish as high up as possible. Uh, yeah, it was as Dan said. We we've missed two two main players through through injury. Uh, we've we've spoken before about the depth of the squad not being particularly huge, to where people have had to backfill positions due to injury. There's not been strength in those positions, and it's yeah, you can't put your finger on one thing. It's it's many things, isn't it? Do you know it makes me laugh? I was listening to the radio today, as you do, because like you, John, I'm a driver, except I don't do it in steel reels. I do it around London, so I don't go very far. Um, and they were talking about Forest, and it's like this little fairy tale that your man comes in and takes him up, and they could be second. I'm thinking, the money they've spent, they should be bloody second. You know, it's like Bournemouth, and it's no coincidence that the top three teams are the ones that have splashed to cash. There's, there's no two of the size of Forest have scored and everything else. But I'm loving this little romance of Forest being bottom of the league. But they've, they've probably got more players than the combined league put together. I mean, I think what I'm aware of are trying to be within the realms of we could do this and our small squad, the gates don't bring in a lot of income in, nor does anything else. And I know we've done it on a tight budget and they probably have to cut the budget again. But I just feel that, you know, with Luton being there in Huddersfield, that kind of sort of makes me question things a little bit more as well and looking at it. But the one thing I'm, I'm really thinking outside the box is I wonder if it hadn't been a World Cup year for Dykes, would we have seen a different approach to things. I wonder how much was on his mind with, with Scotland going to the World Cup perhaps and things like that. There. It's just things have been cursed in the African Nations Cup with Cher and the Yang going and Cher didn't really come back the same sort of player for a while whatever happened there. It's, it just seems a mixture of bad luck and bad timing. What do you think, James? I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm going to be Mr Money and I don't want to be really. My I job. Dykes has, Dykes, has, Dykes has had a really frustrating season as a fan. Because you know, there's so much about his game that's that's good, um, and you can't fault the amount of effort he puts in when he tries. But then, then he seems to get injured, and then he's out for long spells. And you know, I, I mean, crikey, I can't remember the last time he scored a goal. Like 
it's been a while. Um, and, Trackers, yeah. and then, and then, you know, and then chair chair, I think maybe chair's confidence got hit because he played what 30 minutes or something stupid at, at AFCON. He barely featured. And I think in the game that he started, he got taken off before half time. So that's not going to, that's not going to fill you with confidence. And then he's got to get back into his groove of playing games. Like he just basically mm. had a month out where he didn't do anything. And then obviously kind of, he him coming back and Willock getting injured. I mean, obviously, and I totally agree with what John said. You know, Willock, Willock and Dieng and, and Willock especially. I mean, that that was a, that was a big blow to the creativity, to the creativity of, of the team. Um, but but you can't, you know, like Dykes aside, the World Cup issue aside, you can't say that the strikers, generally speaking, have have been great. They haven't been. You know, uh, Amos has scored more than Austin. Austin has done a lot of stuff. He's got lots of credit in the bank for QPR. I like Charlie Austin, but he's his second spell hasn't been that great, has it? You know, Gray Gray's turned it on in a short burst recently, but before I don't know, he didn't feel that didn't feel like he was that interested earlier on. Um, you know, if if you know, we've lost. A, I'm not saying we had a prolific goal scorer previously, but our attacking options have really failed to kind of do do anything in terms of getting real numbers has anyone got double figures you don't have to have a guy that scores 25 goals just saying but i don't but it helps but it exactly it doesn't hurt so so yeah so dykes the world cup possibly but i think the strikers broadly have been a bit of a disappointment i mean if sorry, we think sorry. that now if we think that's a problem with with guys going away for the world cup when we look at next season where we're going to lose players again for the world cup halfway through a season you know, you know, if that is a problem, then that needs to be addressed now so that we don't have that problem, you know, come November, December this year. So we get a team full of Northern Irish players. <laughs> and Republic, <laughs> just those listening to the other counties. I haven't forgotten you either. We're both at home. Um, that's a good, I don't know. It, 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 the trouble is, I'm kind of wondering, and it's, it's something I mentioned in the podcast and people go, oh God, he's off again, but... I'm just wondering now, since we've, you know, with Les being director of football, if something happens to Wolverton, does it reflect badly in him again? Because this will be another manager that hasn't worked out, or you know, because it was an interesting comment by Les. We well go in January down where he said that you know they're trying to get they're trying to get a striker in, and he kind of not hinted at blame at Wolverton, and then Wolverton was saying he was trying to get one. It's, it's hard to keep track of these things sometimes, and. You just you just hope everything's happy there. Do you know what I mean, Dan? It's a, this new rule we're trying director of football and stuff like that. It's it's a complicated role, and you know, only six months ago we're saying what a great job Blaise was doing, what a great job Mark was doing, gave Mark a contract, make sure, and now Mark's out of contract. A lot of players are out of contract, including Barbie, which worries me. I don't know, Dan. Am I am I being too negative, or am I saying I, this is kind of something that's not there? I don't think you can see it as um, as this manager's gone wrong. I think I think Warburton's done. You know, by any any um, uh, measurement, it's done a. Well, I didn't mean it like that. What I meant was so, so, gone under his tenure. Sorry, mate. Let me know. Like yeah, that. but I mean, I think you know that's that's you know that's going to happen. I think you know most managers it ends badly, doesn't it? It's like I mean, two things happen: either it ends badly, or they get poached by another team. Mm. I mean, that's it. Says a lot about our club. That I mean, I don't even know. I, I guess Jerry was the last manager that was sort of poached by another team, but even he'd resigned before Spurs took him. So before, so probably the last manager that another that we had that another club wanted was Jim Smith. So, 
35 years ago. <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose a couple a couple of teams looked at Ian Holloway, didn't they, during his first run? But that's right, Gard- gardening leave. Yeah, gardening leave. Um, so I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, you know what I you're think, flipping right. I I think they're. I think that they. I think that the last three years have been good, and and we had a we had a good end to last season, and everybody wanted us to sign those four lone players. And they backed Warburton and they signed them and then went beyond that and signed Gray as well. And, um, and Dazelle, you know, I, I suspect he got pretty much everything he wanted at the beginning of the season. So, and I don't think any of us really had any problems with any of the signings that he made no. either. Um, I actually thought, if anything, that I, so I was definitely wrong. I thought Gray was one too many. But I mean, as the season's gone on, you've sort of going, well, actually, it's not even <laughs> enough. It was needed him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. So I mean, the problem is we don't really know what what's gone wrong. Some some stuff has clearly gone wrong since the end of January. Whether they, I I, I think it's interesting that when we got to within striking distance of second was when we started losing, and then we finally got a couple of decent results against Huddersfield and um, Derby, and the chance is sort of there again and then we just have this insipid display away at Stoke and you you do wonder whether the players it's all right the first half of the season it's all a great adventure and they're all talking about we want to get in the top two but it doesn't feel real and then maybe in February it started feeling real and it and it spooked them I don't know maybe that's part of it as well it's it's interesting because I watched the players come off at Stoke obviously I was there um thanks Alan for putting me up Alan's from Donegade in Northern Ireland, and he's a QPR fan. He supports some crappy team called Cassidus, who no one needs to know about as well back home. And he put me up, and um, Dunn was in tears as he left the pitch. Um, there was no two ways about it. Dunn was absolutely smashed as he was leaving the pitch in tears. And um, Charlie looked a bit, everyone looked really sort of dis- discombobulated and, and walking off. Barbe was almost saying goodbye. And I, thought yeah, I, think he's, I think he's going this summer. Yeah, and I think we've got one more left, Swansea, mate. Whether now the thing is, but he looked like he's carried a knock. Um, Charlie just looks like his confidence has fallen through the floor, and and, and there's no question that QPR means the world to Charlie and his family. We know that. It's just it's just a real shame that something. It's just like someone they've all turned up a train one day and decided, well, we've got as far as we can, and it's all just come off. I don't know. I can't. For life, me, it's a great squad of players. There's a lot of attitude there, and it's easy for me to turn around and say it was two loans in January, or they've come in and just thrown us off. I, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but it's probably the most QPR thing to happen. And it's just bloody sad, John, isn't it? Because you know, there's so many good things the club do. You know that better than I do, John. I mean, I'm, I'm you know, you know how good, how good the club are, they've looked after your family really well, and here we are saying all this. and I don't know. I feel a bit guilty saying it, but I'm just gutted, you know. I I, I think is is we we would love to get promoted. Is the club in the right position to be promoted? Have we got the foundations set to carry us if we get promoted? I think looking at what we've done with the training grounds and what's being built there with that new facility, that will I think entice a different type of player into the club, maybe having uh, you know, brand new bespoke facilities like that. So uh, I think those foundations need to be in place, up and running and in, in a good fettle before we can think about having a good promotion charge. 
Otherwise, we're just going to be yo-yoing. You know, you go up, you come back down. It's it's no fun. You know, getting beat by twenty other teams in the season in a Premiership is, is no fun, is it? So, having having those foundations, I think, is important. And I was having a conversation with someone last week. We was talking about Brentford and the position they're in now. And the general consensus was, are Brentford where they are now because of the foundations that Mr. Warburton put in place, you know, a few years ago there? You could you could argue the point either way, but that, that's that's my general consensus is you know get the foundations right and then we can we can build from there. Which I don't think changing a manager again will help. No, and that's a good point as well, James. Isn't it? I mean, you kind of look at it and you think, I mean, we had for those who listened to it last week with Warburton on, and it, you know he. It's it's difficult. I I didn't want to be rude, and you know I'm sure people thought, why did he ask him this? Why did he ask him that? But you've got to be respectful. You've got to be honest. And he was. I thought he was very honest. He wasn't holding back on some things, but I just get the impression as well that he still thinks he's got lots to do at QPR. But will he see the time to do it, Jim? You know, it's it's one of them. Was it's so flipping tricky, isn't it? Because if Wilberton goes, we'll be like, and someone else comes in and it's a disaster. We're going, geez, we should hold on to him. It's it's. James, help me out here. Yeah, what do I mean, you do? I mean, I mean, firstly, not on him. <laughs> not my opinion that matters that much. But I've got to say, he, Warburton is an absolute gent. He always comes across and com- and is composed. And you know what? It, it's like it's really nice to have that person as your a manager and a spokesperson for the club, like a hundred percent. And what Dan's saying in terms of league positions, he's done he's done an absolutely brilliant job. And he deserves like considering the budget. I mean, we've got to be what like you know sixth or seventh kind of lowest budget in the league and all of that and and he has done and he has done great and and he deserves he deserves to start next season um whether he will or not remain remains to be seen um my, if he if he carries on my concerns would be i always think and it's not always down to him like um but he always has a small squad and i think that's probably come to 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 bite us a little bit um and then because of the market we're in money wise we're always buying people with slightly dodgy kind of injury records. And if you look at some of the, in, like Wallace, cracking player, great professional, coming to the end of his career, clearly, you know, he's a good player. He's had injury problems. Um, you know, Adoma not had injury problems, been got most appearances in the championship ever, actually. But he's coming to the end of his career because of the market that we're in for players. But um, mm-hmm. Moses Odebajo, great player. I love him because he's got sublime and ridiculous. He made this brilliant, like brilliant sliding tackle. Then two seconds later, misplaced a pass against Derby. I just burst out laughing, but I absolutely, it made me love him more. But again, injury problems and this, but this is the market that we're in. So that's sort of what, that's what he's looking at and what we're having to deal with in terms of what we're having to buy. So then if the squad stays small, because Mike Walton likes a small squad, and then we're dealing with people that are basically slight risks again, uh, this is my concern. Are we just going to have a repeat? Have we plateaued in terms of what Warburton is able to deliver? Um, and, and Dan is bang on in terms of, I think he got completely what he delivered, but I, I mean, I got pelters much earlier in the season. I used to tweet quite a lot, but less so, because I thought Johansson was shocking ages ago. But it, but actually, I think about it, I think he's been injured. I think he's had some sort of knock said that, we'll that see, he yeah. needed to have done, like, and, and hasn't. But again, this is sort of, you know, he, he has in some respects been unlu- been unlucky, but then is he also the master of his own doom? It's like for a long time, it was like, look, this three of the backs worked brilliantly because it was a solution a while ago because it allowed us to accommodate Barbe, who's a terrific footballer. I'd be gutted to see him go. Great left foot. Wish he could hit a free kick above a wall. Um, 
and um and we'll pick it fence oh, oh yeah just in the bit of the net um but terrific footballer and got nearly 100 games didn't he complete with you know like brilliant footballer um but i think we stuck with that formation for too long and then we had that little bit of change of form because we switched to four at the back a little bit as well um so it's it's a tricky predicament and i think you know it's hard for him because of when that drop has happened because people have short memories and people have short me- especially short memories in football like you read about the champions league game last night is this the greatest champions league match ever it's like not even football was invented in 92 it's like football was invented 18 months ago people mm. when it comes to football it's absolutely daft um so he's been really unlucky that if we ended on an upward curve people would asking for him to stay but because we've had probably the worst spell in his time at a point where contract renewal is up you can see if they decide to twist rather than stick if they do twist for me i would go for john eustace i have no insider information by the way if they do stick i'm perfectly happy with him to them to stick but i hope that we're not in the same market budget wise for players like we're getting people that someone else might want rather than we're picking people up and taking a bit of a chance and they're being kind of big parts of the team Mm. trouble is I kind of think that that wouldn't be an option with John I think he would maybe we don't know I'm like you James he turned down he turned down down Swansea or the chance to talk to Swansea so like you know if you want but that could also mean he likes continuity he, wants he, he, he likes working with more. I don't know, mate. I'm, 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 I mean, I know one thing for sure. It won't be Sean Dyche. That's for flipping sure. But hey ho, people can on, on Twitter can keep thinking what they want, but it's not going to be Sean Dyche. Not in a million years. A guy that's been a Premier League manager for the last ten years, taking a chance in a team that have, have not that much money in the Championship. It would certainly prove if it, how good of a manager. The thing is, I think judging by what the club are doing, I think, I think there will be. I think the squad will probably get cut again because of budgets. You know, we can't keep thinking that owners are going to keep putting money and we're losing a lot of money. They've got to cover them costs. The squad will probably get smaller. Prices will go up. The cost of living's gone up. It's it's a hard time to run the football club, that's for sure, Dan, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I wouldn't fancy running the football club at the moment and having to make the decision what happens next to QPR, would you? Well... No, it's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do because they obviously pushed the boat out last summer and I guess they've, they've probably got a couple of choices. You know, one is um, going with Eustace and having some um, continuity there and just hoping that a fresh voice in the changing room helps and a couple of younger signings. But the other option is they go, well, we've gone this far. We're, we're, under, the, we're under the 39 million threshold. We get in, try and persuade... Daniel Fark or something to come and and give him some money. It's not beyond the realms of impossibility that they might they might take mm. a, a sensible flyer on it, not a not a um, 24, 2013, 2014 <laughs> um, shopping trolley dash. Um, and each yeah, one so, fifty to one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. I mean, you know, I, Clive said this on the message board as well. You know, we're we're a lot of doom and gloom, but we have got the, the, the basis of a good side there. It is there, you know. There are some Very good, good side. There is, there is some really good players there, you know. And there are players that would get into a lot of other uh, top championship sides. And, and I think there's more, there's a lot more to come from Luke Amos and a lot more to come 
not everyone agrees with me, but I think Dazelle could be a, a very good player. I agree too. I like He's a lot one player Dizelle. that likes to play. He, he can find that passing exactly. forward from midfield. I, th- I think he, he could track back a bit more, but I think he looks like he could really be a player. I totally agree. Sorry, Dan. I think so. And and I think, you know, your, your point about Johansson and Austin, I think he's right. I mean, I love, I love both of them, but they neither of them are, are, have been anything like they were this time last year, not even, and especially Johansson. And it, and it may well be that he's been carrying injury because he's been in and out the whole season. I think he had one brilliant game in the autumn um, where, he, where he was just spraying the passes about like he did last season. But I think, so I think in that uh, respect, Warburton's been very unlucky because when we came into the start of this season, you're thinking, well, we're going to get, we've got device and we're going to get field, but if we could get Austin and Johansson and they can play like, like they did at the back end of last season, we've got a real chance. And actually, neither of them have played anything like that. And we still were in with a, you know, still in the top six without, pretty mm-hmm. much without them until uh, late January. And actually the players that, you know, the player that we've, that, that perhaps made more of a difference back in the last season than, than we realised was Chris Willock, because once he's gone, our chances have dried up. So, yeah, sorry, that was very round roundabout. I don't really know what, what they'll do, but it, it really depends what their patience is like. And they, they may, I was looking today at, at um, you know, the sort of argument between continuity and keeping a manager and, and chopping and changing. It's quite interesting, the last five years, either four out of six or three out of six of the top six all change their manager uh, inside 12 months before that season. So it's so on, in a way it's 50-50. <laughs> but it's interesting at the moment, four out of the top six changed their manager in the last 12 months. And I think Warburton's managed QPR longer than he has any other team. Yep. As well. This is the longest time he's ever been in charge of a club also. Yes. I think, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I think pretty sure. <laughs> I wish I, you know, if, if I knew what I was freaking doing, John, and I never do. I would I would look things up, especially when that thicker James is coming on with stats, so I could go, yes, of course, you're quite correct. Not a clue. John, what did you want yeah. to say? <laughs> no, I just... It's, it's one of them sticky subjects, isn't it? You can we'll go round and round in circles saying so-and-so's not had a good, good few months or so-and-so's carrying an injury. We've always been a, I'd say, over the past... 10, 12 years maybe, a team that's going on from what Dan was saying, having that sort of price cap and that type of player. But the players we've had have played for the badge. You know, uh, I think of people like Clint Hill and people like that, do you know what I mean, that have played for, for the badge. Might be slightly older, but will, you know, put put in everything they've got for, for the team they're playing for. So do we do we carry on with that sort of mantra? Do we invest in younger players? That's where the new training facility will come in, boosting the younger players. You know, you want to promote people from the under-23s into the, into the first-team squad and get them playing. We're not going to go and spend loads of money, are we? Because you're not, you're not going to go and throw a bucket load at it, hoping for promotion and getting that big windfall of being promoted and then not get promoted and end up like Derby. And then, you know, we, mm. could, all be like, we could all be like that, you know. So... I think you've got to be very wise in, in, in how you do it. It's tricky. If it, it feels like there's a bit of a rock and a hard place situation because if you want to try and go, we're not going for people that have got a bit of an injury kind of hit 
uh, you know, career, then you are inevitably then throwing money. But then you've obviously got to have the accountability of the FFP over the three years. And we, we've been sung more, more than most, although some other clubs seem, uh, fans of some other clubs don't seem to think that. So it's, we're the only club to get stung, James. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, but, you know, we've managed to stay in this division in, in, in mm. recent times, whereas you look at how, some, how, it hit, how it's hit some other clubs, um, you know, we've, we've done remarkably well. In, in that respect, but it is, it is it's, it's, it's a tricky situation. It's really, he's, he's uh, 148 games, it said he's managed. I mean, never trust Wikipedia as a source, but that's what it's saying. And Rangers is next at 82. Never trust Wikipedia as a source. I say that as someone in quiz shows. Good place to start, never the last place. So where's a, where a good place for our dear listeners to go to for football stats then, James, as you're the man? Oh, well, it'll be, be, be official, official sites. So the EFL will have a site or, you know, premierleague.com or whatever it will be. It's like, you know, if it was something about top 40 hits by whoever, official charts company, because it does what it says on the tin. You can look up and find that Duran Duran had X amount of number ones or whatever, and then and you're laughing. Um, so you did, you did uh, that's good. I'm, I can give you a clear answer on that sort of stuff. I know that one. Um, but, but the situation at QPR is a lot trickier. And this is why I phone James when I can't sleep. Um, no. <laughs> It's, no, it's good. Listen, I love stats. I'm not very good at them because I can't remember Jack Shade, which is why I'm never one of them people that's in the know because by the time if someone told me anything, it would go through one ear out the other and I'd forget. And I'm also, I can't be one of them people that goes on Twitter and says, oh, I know who's coming into QPR next week because I haven't got a clue and I don't care. I'm too bloody old to worry about it. My worry, and um, we'll move on to the next subject after this because I don't want this to be a depressing podcast. And it's not. It's It's been quite good, actually, to be fair, being, being honest, is... There's three issues. Um, Curve what you wish for. Um, at the same time, then you shouldn't be scared to change. But also, talk about youth and everything else. The players have got to be good enough for a start. And looking at the youth team results, and this could be more to do with the training ground than everything else, the results are great. And I look at their results, and I'm like, Jesus, they've got beat again. And you're kind of thinking, if they're fragile in the youth team, and you put them into the first team, and then they don't make the progress that they, they need to... They, they, it's fragile. You've got to be careful with this sort of thing. And also, if we're not spending money, the players we do get are going to be maybe a little bit injury prone, maybe a little bit right in some ways. Otherwise, we're paying higher money going somewhere else. So you've got to find your SAs, your Willocks. And that goes back to what Warburton did at Brentford when he got rid of the um, younger setup and brought in like this B team thing. And I don't want to, I kind of would like the structure to stay with the academy. I like the idea of bringing kids through. I like the idea of, because that's what QPR has always done. But whether you can do that in the modern game when the likes of Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal and all Liverpool, Man U, no matter where you are in the country. I mean, even Dortmund were signing kids from Belfast of the year. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's just bizarre that they're gone. So, But they, there's always going to be someone that you can cut. I don't know. It's so flipping tricky, isn't it? It's like, uh, as I say, I wouldn't let me run the football club. And I wouldn't let me, um, if there is going to be an announcement in the next few days, it, it's, I'd like us to be able to say goodbye to the manager if that's what the board have decided because the board will have decided by now they will surely know what they're doing so it would be nice if they are going to make that change that we get a chance to say goodbye to him because like him or loathe him or not be sure about him or whatever I think he's done a good job I think he's steadied the ship we've been higher now in the leagues than we have been since we got relegated and there's a wee bit of hope there and I think he can leave with his head held high um, so I hope the board give them that chance to do that if they are going to if they're going to stick with them and next season 
Um, we get the players in and we go again, as I say. I hit that expression. Why don't I just use that? But you know what I mean? I don't know. Am I rambling, Dan? I mean, what, help me out here. No, I think, I think you're right. It's, I think it sums up a lot. I think there's, I think there's, there's probably fans at both ends of the spectrum very vociferous want him gone and, and some very vociferously want him to stay. But I think, I think the vast majority are probably in the position that it sounds like all four of us are, where we're just almost shrugging our shoulders and saying, well, six months ago, I would have said, no, he's got, he's got to stay. He's done an amazing job. But it, it has been such a terrible run that you, that you then go, well, what, well, why is that? And because we don't know... You, you say go, you go. I don't really know. I mean, if it, we might we might change, and you might get a manager, and and next season we get two two three new signings, and things click, and we're off and go. Well, that was the right decision. Or we might stay, and the same thing might happen. But if we keep him and we start badly next season, he'll be gone by the end of September. So I was going to say, if we'd had that run that we've had recently at the start of this season. Yeah, we'd be talking about somebody else now, wouldn't we? Yeah, we would. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah absolutely. I, it, I was just thinking about like there is a bit of uncertainty at the club, which is weird because it has been. We tried to, you know, this model of, you know, we're trying to bring the youth through. We're, we're trying to trying to build um, training grounds. And actually, I, I think I flew over it this morning. <laughs> I was looking on my way. No, I always try because I know it's near Heathrow. I'm always looking to see. And I, I think I saw. I think I saw. You know. There, there were diggers there. Uh, you know, turf was being lifted. Um, but what's interesting is there is clearly uncertainty because they haven't announced anything about season tickets either. Mm. You know, the normal mm. stuff of his business as usual, you would have got some message now, a month ago, about prices staying the same or prices going up. There is a little bit of, I think, general, let's see what's going to happen and make a decision. Or maybe they've made a decision, but announced stuff a little bit later. That might be me just connecting to things that are completely unrelated. But, but you know, I, mean, I, I, I look at it the other way, James. But you know, we talk about season tickets with the cost of inflation and uh, you know everything going up in price. I've, I've, I'm glad for once that they've not rushed it out and said, right, you yeah. know, this is the new price. This is you know, it's going up ten percent or fifteen percent to cover this and cover that. You know, maybe they've withheld it slightly because there are some more in-depth discussions about you want to do that. We want to fill the stadium. We want you know good amount of fans through the gate so they can't price people out of the market when you're trying to pay you know three grand a year for your gas and electric yes absolutely no that's a good point and also especially when it is because games are getting shifted about so much it is easier just to watch it on telly if you're not 20 30 minutes away you know it is it is easier so yeah no 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 you're absolutely bang on because it you feel like it is going to go up just because of everything that's happened i hope that it doesn't and they've they've been good they've they've sort of the prices haven't haven't shifted um unless unless you've decided to go from you know bronze to silver or silver to gold <laughs> and gold to platinum the uh the cushion seats as i like to as i i, I sit in f blocks so i'm quite near the cushion seats but the blanket brigade <laughs> it, it's a tricky one because i think prices will go up it's they haven't gone up for so long and yeah, I think I think prices will go up as high much they can what buy, which will be thing because you can't. The trouble is with football and everything else is that whether we like it or not, it's the same bizarre. It's a luxury, and you know if you've got two or three kids, hello John, <laughs> um, you know it's not just one person you're paying for. Is it Dan? You're paying for your kids. You're paying for this, so it, it doesn't go. And it, that could be a one-income household, and you've got to measure it properly. And 
with everything going up. I mean, I looked at my electricity and gas bill this month and I nearly shot myself. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's literally, it's, you know, it's not a price increase. It's, I'm being fleeced. Um, and we're all being fleeced and we're going to get fleeced again in the winter. People are aware of that. So it's going to be hard. And I feel, I, I keep saying, um, I would not like to be the person that has to say how much it goes up by and what's a workable budget for QPR because I know they're losing so much money and they keep having to put money in. So, yeah, I, it's so flipping difficult. But, however, we shall move on to the next thing. And that is, and we'll do this. I know it's not the end of the season. Next week we'll do that. But as you three are here, I thought I'd ask you. Young player of the season, player of the season, and who you've been a little bit, oh, they could have done better. James. Um, uh, right, young player of the season. Um, you, you talk about stats. I'm really good at specific things, but certain things less so. So, young player of the season. I mean, does Chris Willock count as that? Um, I, how was it? Oh yeah, he's still young. Um, he wasn't he on the. It wasn't on the official. Was he not on the official, official list? list? No, no. no. So I think he must be slightly, slightly gone past it now. Maybe he's 22. I mean, he 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 he's my player of the season. Um, a young player of the season. I mean. It's a struggle. How many really young players are there mm-hmm. in, in that team, actually? Chair's, chair's not old, but Chair's 24, 25 next season. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's an established established professional. So player, player of the year is Willock, um, young player. I, I need to, I'd need to see the list of names. I've completely checked out of QPR the last three. I've, obviously, I've been keeping an eye on the results, but yeah. Um, and then... But to be fair, most, the, 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 the young player was a bit of a curveball thrown in by me, to be fair, because... No, that's fine. And that, I mean, no, that's fine. And then, um, and what's nice is I think there's a definite goal of the year, at least. Andre Gray at Derby away. I mean, that's mm. some goal, that. Yeah. Um, and then most, <laughs> most disappointing well, for me is Johansson. Um, but that is tempered by the fact that maybe he was injured. But in that, that spell, the loan spell, he was so crucial, just ticking things over. And then a lot of this season, I felt like he pointed at other people to run. And it's like, wherever there was trouble, that's where he is. He wasn't. He'd be somewhere else. And it's, it, 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 I, it got me really frustrated a couple of games. So I apologise to people that sit near me. And then, and then, I, just, then I just kind of went mute because I'm like, I'm going to stop. So he, only because I knew that he could deliver loads. You know, when someone that kind of is disappointing that you didn't have any expectation of, then it doesn't matter. But when you know what he's capable of, and then he doesn't. Then and that's sort of that's sort of worse to take. But um, but and special mention to Jimmy Dunn. He's been a hero this year. Captain for, for next season for me. Yeah, I, I spoke to him um, after the derby game. Um, the girls were running down trying to get autographs and, and whatnot. And he's such a personable person to talk to. Mm. Um, and as as, as Finney said earlier, you know how gutted he is when you don't they don't win a game and. It leads on to my point I made earlier about having players played for the shirt and played for the badge. And I, you know, I believe he's he's one of those. You're next, by the way, John. You put yourself in the seat. Oh, well, I put myself in the seat. My my player of the season is definitely Barbe. Um, I think he's you know the minutes he's played. Obviously, he's picked up a few niggles and unfortunate and goal recently but I think you know he's been central to that kind of defence and he kind of commands that part of the pitch he, play, he plays on so I, I enjoy watching him play um, many might disagree with me but you know it's, it's a personal preference of course it is 
my my young player of the season, I'm, I'm going to say is going to be Murphy Mahoney because he was called upon at a point where you know we, we had nobody else, you know. And I know I know the game didn't go the way it needed to go, but you know he was he's only young, was he twenty? You know, I know he's been at the club since he was 10. He's, you know, he's come through the ranks, hasn't he? Uh, And he was put between the sticks and, yeah, you can either bottle it or give it a jolly good go, can't you? And he did give it a jolly good go. He didn't didn't do anything wrong in fairness. No, he didn't. And my goal of the season would be Andre Gray's goal as well. You can't, yeah, you can't knock that one, can you? And his disappointment? My (sighs) disappointment... I'm going to say general. I'm not not one player as a disappointment. My disappointment is the amount of the same type of injuries we've had to the same to to the broad spectrum of players. A lot of uh, you know, quadricep injuries and, and thigh injuries and calf injuries and stuff like that. There seems to be yeah, that was my disappointment. We had so many players go down with the same sort of injury. That there's obviously something wrong with warming up or cooling down. But I'm no manager. I think to be fair to, to that, John, I think that's down to the training ground being pretty crap and also the, the relentless games where you get the championship. Yeah. Not that I'm making excuses, but I'm thinking the training ground's crap. I've been there. It's, it's, it's not good. So hopefully when we get that new training ground, they'll, them sort of things hopefully will be a thing of the past. Well, what's the sort of time scale on the new training facility being open? Have they given one? If they have, I've not seen one. No, I mean... There was talk maybe getting them for the start of next season, but as that's July, I think that'd be very, very, very unlikely. So I'd be beginning of the season after, won't it? I think. That's yeah. What I thought it was Dan. I thought I think it's not this season coming; it's the one after that they were hoping. But I think I think there was a little bit of there was a bit of a push. I thought, oh, do you know what? We're making them for next season, but they won't. Dan, you're in the seat, even though you're technically in a bed. Yeah. Um. I yeah. But I, there was a point halfway through the season where I thought, or where. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Barbe as well, and I thought that he, he was he was going to walk away with it. And then um, I also thought, then there was another stage where I thought, God, Adoma is playing so well every game. Like, it, wouldn't it be fantastic if he carried on like this and he got player of the season? What a, what a wonderful story that is. And I love Albert, you know, as we, as everybody does, I'm sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with... Um, uh, oh, could I go then? No, here. You're still here. Oh, sorry. Um, Hello, uh, uh, Something went weird. Um, yeah, just going with James. I, Chris Willock for me is is. Um, I just think he's been brilliant. He's a brilliant player, and and I think one of the things is that we also oh we fell off a cliff at the end of January. If you go back and watch those games in January, we weren't playing any better than we were playing now. But Chris Willock either scored or assisted a goal in every single one of them, and we got and we and we had that incredible run, and that was it was a huge amount was down to him because when we needed it, he stepped up. Um, so for me, and I just think he's a brilliant player, and I'm almost sort of glad he got injured because I'm hoping we might get him for one more season. No, I know what you mean. I'm thinking about that time there was that lovely goal at Birmingham away that he scored, and yeah, he's just. I think I think he's our most valuable asset, personally. Yeah. I think he's the one with the biggest kind of potential. 
Um, I think it's the one that great. Premiership clubs would look at. Yeah, but but John also Barbe, like um, what what a lovely footballer, especially for especially for a centre half. Like he's got such a great range of passing and a re- 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 really good touch. Isn't that slow? It's I mean I hope he's not staying because he wants to go back to France rather than he ends up at another Championship team. That would that would be like oh really? Couldn't we have done something to keep him? Because um, he is because because he is being he is being great. Well, I think Barbe as well, I think he's a great example for a lot of fans, I think. You know, there's a lot of fans saying some pretty nasty things about Dion Sanderson. If you go back and watch the first half a season that Barbe played, I mean, he was an absolute liability. He gave away a penalty in almost every game. He was all over the place. Like, we're all saying, who is this bloke we've signed? He's awful. And then he came back in the side and slowly got better and better and better to the point where you go... There isn't a more reliable player in our team. So this, this writing off of players after a couple of games and is fans have got to stop doing it. They might be right in the long run, but we've got to stop judging them off a couple of games or even six or even ten games. It's just yeah. We, we, we're all entitled to voice our opinions, and I yeah. think there's a certain way of doing it. I've been lucky enough recently to have been able to speak one-to-one with a lot of the players through, you know, various things the club have done for us as a family. And it's unbelievable how much that stuff on social media gets to them. Mm. We are we are all people. When we talk about people's mental health, we talk about, you know, morale. You can't absolute slate people and then expect them to turn, like it's going to motivate them to put a shift in on the next game. You know, it has the adverse effect. It gets in their head. They can't right. concentrate on the football. You're right, John. I always think, and it, I, was, I was sad when he went because he got pelters. I always think of that brilliant volley from the edge of the box Josh Scowen scored in probably one of his last games for us. And then he got, because ha- he got hammered. I think he came off Twitter off the back of it. And then he went, I think, did he go Sunderland? Sunderland on loan, then Wickham. And I was just like, you could see why he'd gone. Like, he'd just been, people have been basically got roasted online it's just completely undeserved for a player that that you know whatever you think of him he never hid in a game he worked he worked his nuts off every single game like yeah i mean that's what i'm talking about i just think you know we, we you've got to think about these things i think and we and we've got a bit have a bit more patience with players and barbe is a brilliant example of that because people wrote him off and he became a really good player for it. I don't think anyone is harder on the players than the players themselves. Yeah. They, they know if they've had a bad game. They know if they've not provided what they needed to provide on the, on the pitch. You know, so having it out with, you know, some players are vocal on social media and will, you know, will talk to fans and talk to people. You know, and so I'll read some of the comments and I have to bite my tongue sometimes because I'll get myself in, in trouble. You know, we're, we're there to support the team and support the players. You know, they, they're out there playing for us. I know they get paid to do it. We all go to work, but we all have a bad day at work. You know, we're not machines. So they, they need support. It's not. He's, uh, I, he's a bit too handsome, though. So uh, <laughs> I'll say that. So I, bet, I bet he's better looking in the, in the flesh as well. And I bet he smells nice. Hi, Johan. <laughs> um, the podcast has took a strange turn back on track. No pun intended, John, to your job at all. Dan, carry on with your um, uh, so young player. I, I mean, Dazelle was, was on the list of the on the official site, so Dazelle being my young player, and I hope to see more from him next season. He's one another one I think that some people have written off, but I think 
we might we'll hopefully I'm hoping we'll see more from him because his his passing sometimes is is it's a bit off, but he's someone who is not afraid to make a difficult forward pass. And we absolutely, need... we've been desperate for that in that team yeah. in that in that in that midfield. We've been crying out for someone that isn't afraid to do a forward pass and have a risk and try and cut through cut through the lines, whatever you want to call it, to make it. And yeah, he would if I'd known he was in the list, he would have been my vote. Well, that you know that pass against he did a Cardiff for. Um, uh, great to score his, his yeah. season, probably absolutely brilliant. So, um, and uh, well, that leads to my disappointment, which which is, you know, again tempered by you know maybe he's been carrying a knock all season, but having watched Johansson, you know, on on you know we were all locked out of the ground this time last year, weren't we? But just watching him every game, and I just thought, this why are Fulham letting this player go? He's a complete midfielder. He can do everything. He tackles. He runs all day. His passing is absolutely fantastic. He's clearly got the respect of the other players. He's, you know, he was such a big reason of our turnaround last season. I didn't think Fulham would let him go. I didn't think we'd get him. And then when we did, I said to my dad, I was like, he, my dad was really excited about us signing Austin. He's going, oh, that's the big signing for us. You know, that's really going to help us next season. I was like, no, if we can get Johansson, that's the one. That's the one that will really make me believe that we can get in the playoffs. And barring you know, a few games sort of September, October time. It just, it just hasn't done it. And I don't know why, you know, maybe he's got an injury, but, but like Charlie, there's no way he's moving as freely this season as he was last season. No, absolutely. And, and maybe over the summer, the pair of them can get whatever is, is bothering them sorted out in their bodies and have a special training regime or something because neither of them are that, you know, neither of them are old. They're not 38, they're early 30s. You know, they, should, they shouldn't be looking as broken down as they do. So, uh, you know, I'm still hopeful. Maybe, maybe they'll, they'll have a bit of a swan song next season. But it's not really a disappointment in Johansson in terms of his attitude, because clearly it's excellent. And clearly the players, they're always talking about him and how he talks to the young players. It's more just a disappointment that we didn't see the same one that we saw last season. Yeah. I, I, I thought he was you know, bound to be player of the season and would lead us into the playoffs. Yeah. My, my concern you're saying about having a rest period during the summer period, I think they've only got eight or nine weeks off. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and Finney, when you was talking to, to Mark on, on the previous podcast, you was talking about the players being out of contract and how many there are and whatnot. If we lose all those players who are out of contract, it doesn't leave us long to sort out a, a squad and pre-season and you know, getting them to gel, does it? No. I don't even know. They haven't even announced anything about pre-season. I have no idea what we're doing pre-season, to be fair. Um, they haven't announced anything. It's weird. But yeah. They don't right. normally do they till the season's finished, though, I don't think. Sometimes they do. They, they kind of, you, you get hints that we're going to do a tour of Ireland or we're going to do a tour of Scotland or we're going to do a tour of the Alamán or whatever. I don't know why I said the Alamán. I just thought I'd throw it into the mix. Um, I don't think we've ever done a tour of the Alamán in the times I was put at QPR, which is a very long time. But hey-ho, maybe they'll change it and go to the Alamán. So if you're in the Alamán and you want to see QPR, send them an email. Don't blame me if it doesn't happen. I put it out there. Um, right, Dan, you done? Yep. Right. I'm going to make mine very It's quite frightening. I'm scared that every time I say something, James is going to come in and stab me with something. Um, which I've forgotten about. This is, this, is a, this is a reputation I'm founded on nothing. <laughs> it's, 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 listen, James, you can have a reputation for a lot of worse things. 
that's true. That, that's that's okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, you got you got to be you got to be honest about these. These are good. I wish I had the brains to be a statistician and know I'm not, things. I'm not, I'm not a stats guy. If I want to promote you it. to the podcast, I will promote you. There's no. I, I'm in the chair, right? My my player this season is without a shadow of a doubt Willock, closely followed by the, what I think is being just a bit brilliant, fresher, fresher, future captain done. And love his attitude. Love the fact we first came on the podcast. We said, oh, you know, we're hoping to make a player. So he's like, no, I want to go up to number two. I don't care. I'll go one, I'll go two. Playoffs, yeah, if we have to. But, you know, and he's so positive. And seeing what it meant to him leaving the pitch on Saturday. Um, young player, I loved Hooney going in the nets. He was terrified, but he didn't let anyone down. And Dazelle's, there's something about Dazelle that I just think we're only scratching the surface with him. There's, there's there's something there there has to be because he's shown a lot of good signs so I'm, I'm, I'll go for Dazelle and goal of the season you can't argue with, with, with the one at Derby um, that was superb but I'm also remembering Jimmy Dunn's header I can't remember who it was against in, 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 was it was it and um, he fired it in but also that penalty as well you know what it like it literally if you're in the lower loft you're literally ducked against Everton it was, yeah. yeah that was yeah. that yeah. That try, I've never seen anyone just pick a ball up and put it down and like this is bang. And I thought, yeah, he he meant that. That game feels like season. a really long uh, time ago, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that feels like last season. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's the trouble. They all seem so long. When do you get older? When do you get to my age? Jesus, flipping knees. Anyway, um, five and five pitches in my thirties. I should have given up earlier. Um, right. Disappointment this season. I'm not going to go for the obvious one, which is referees, and especially one who I'm not going to name, but we all know who just turns up to ruin our freaking day every game that he does. Gob showed. But I would say disappointment was probably January transfer window. Whatever went wrong there, it kind of didn't do what it was supposed to do, and it kind of caused more harm than good. Not unintentional, not blaming anyone, just one of them things. And that was disappointment because I think we'd have got that window a little bit right. Is it such a word? Not right, so that's bad English, but hey, I'll be using it. I'll blame him with dyslexia and then someone can take a bingo card. Um, and, you know, you kind of think if... And my biggest disappointment is just, I loved it when it was going well. The, the feeling around the fans, the the atmosphere, the, the, the love within the QPR fan base was back again. We had something to be proud about. We're enjoying games. We're enjoying beating teams again. That wee spell is just beautiful. When you know you go into a game, home and away, and you might just win it rather than just going there with your mates and trying to say the only thing that gets in the way of a good day out is a football. You know, we're enjoying it again. So if anything, I'm pleased this season we were able to enjoy some games again, no matter how it panned out, because that's that's a brilliant feeling and, and unity. Um, and I'm going to embarrass John here. If Dottie doesn't get fan of the year, I'm personally going to streak. Oh dear. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants this. And I don't want this. But Jesus, John, do you know what? This season, you know, away from football, and, you know, we've got, listen, we've all got kids. And anyone in this podcast, and I'm not embarrassed to say it, I, you know, I've shed a cheer with your family. I've never told you. I've, I've never really spoken to you properly about these things. But, you know, and it's not a case of like, it's happened to someone else that hasn't happened to me. I think we have been on your journey, if we may be so bold to say that. And I think how you've brought everyone on that journey with Dottie, 
amazing. That's that's special, mate. And I, honestly, I just I'm rooting for us so 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 much that it'll make my year when that bell is rung. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, well, hopefully, hopefully this this coming Friday should be her last chemo. Uh, so dose sixty three out of sixty three. Um, so yeah, that's all she's wanted to do is ring the bell. I'm a bit sort of anxious in the fact that, you know, she's not cured. You know, this this brain tumour is still there. So we're getting to the end of chemo. But we've still got a long road ahead of us. It's not just, you know, that's it, it's done and dusted. So we've always been, as I said to you before, Paul, we've always been open. And if we can show other people that unfortunately are starting their journey with their child or even as an adult, that it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there is support there. There is uh, good times. You know, you can have 80% of good times. And it's just that 20% where you're in hospital and chemo and, and all that, that. That's the bad bit. But everyone's just been so gracious. Everyone's been lovely. It's, uh, you know, they've supported us and from raffles, from sponsoring Bianca and uh, Victoria and the group Climbing Snowden. You know, um, yeah, my, my highlight. You know, walking on the pitch, you know, getting a hug off Jude the cat. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you know, there's there's, there's got to be some highlights. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'm just humbled by everyone's support. Really, that it's everyone coming together to to provide a, a stable base for us to look at different options to help her treatment plan. Um, it's yeah, something I'll never forget. Well, she needs to be supportive of the year because it's just not worth it if it's not. And Dottie Rees should be supportive of the year. But I, I'm going to be honest with you, John, and I think I speak for a lot of people. I'm disappointed when you've been in that tunnel, you haven't nobbled the referees, the Lionels or the opposition. You had your chance, mate. You're there. Well, we did, we did stop. We did we did stop the Derby players getting their um, nourishment drinks at half time because there was oh, so many on, of us. In the, but there were so many of us in the tunnel that they 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 couldn't get the um, the nourishment drinks to the players because us and all the Snowden walkers <laughs> filled up the tunnel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Last so, ten minutes, they yeah. they fell apart, and we we, we scored the winner. Yeah, <laughs> it's all your fault, John. Well, at least at least we got we, we got the winner there. But you know, we say that you know even we we spoke to Wayne Rooney after the game, and he was gracious enough to to speak to the girls and you know have some pictures with Dottie and, and stuff like that. You know, so even after that result and knowing what that result meant for Derby, yeah, the man was, was still there. Yeah. He was quite bizarre actually because he was he was actually really well. He came across really well. He went up. He, you know, he wasn't thought his toys like the pram and things like that. It was actually, I wouldn't say my opinion changed on him because I haven't really got one. Um, I don't know, but I thought he handled himself that game pretty well, actually, considering what happened. It's kind of bizarre because I was given Derby fans a wee bit of grief afterwards and I probably let myself down a little bit, but I'm still sore about how they reacted after the playoff and they were a bit shitty with a lot of QPR fans and stuff. It's not our fault that we had one shot on one. <laughs> it's quite nice. I enjoyed it. Um, the cool QPR. In, yeah. a para- in a parallel but, podcast, there's a Derby highlight is we don't have to play QPR next season. I'm in telling a parallel you. podcast. And if you look at that Twitter thing with the Liverpool fans singing to Everton, you're going to, I thought, well, yeah, okay. You know, nothing wrong with us. You know, so if, if we had said, you're playing QPR, that's a terrible accent, but you get the idea. 
it, look it up on YouTube. It's uh, and it's just thought, well, yeah, it Jimmy sounded Mackey. like I was listening to one of the Beatles speak. <laughs> it was like George Harrison was here. Yeah, shut up. Um, <laughs> no need for that. No need at all. But no, listen, John. I tell you, the, the um, it's funny how things. Well, not funny. That's probably the wrong word to use. It. I don't mean like that. But it, it is funny how. I've done something again. These things happen in your life and nothing nothing in the world. I'm sure if someone told you X amount of years ago, this is what you'd be doing now and this would be the journey you'd be on, you'd be not be... But the way you've just said that about other people going through it as well, I, I, that's one thing I've noticed about the the, the tumours and, and, and people going through all this is how supportive they are of each other as well. It, it seems there's an amazing community out there, to be fair. Yeah, yeah absolutely fantastic. Uh, we got a phone call last night from the, from the play team at Great Ormond Street to say that spread a smile we're doing a day uh, for the kids to go and see the Lion King today. So it was all a bit rush, 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 mad, 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 mad. But Louise, my wife, was, uh, took Dottie uh, to go and see the Lion King musical today. And it was all packed out with, with children going through similar sort of stories, Amazing. journeys, um, you know, spread, spread a smile, done an absolutely fantastic job, uh, you know, for the kids. Um, so, yeah, for the children, you know, Dottie's five years old to, to, play and speak to other children going through similar things is very, is very important for her to feel normal. Well, well, she, I mean, you, you got your hands full with her, by the way, mate. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to paradise you. Jesus Christ. There's, there's an, she's like an energy bomb, isn't she? She's just... She I shares mean, that energy with everyone. You can be having the worst imagine. day possible. You know, and she will come in and smile and tell you a funny story, and you forget everything that you was annoyed about. You know, and and she's like that with with, with her two older sisters as well. You know, so as I said before, Bella's got her own health issues, and she's under Great Ormond Street as well. You, you know, and Dottie boosts everyone else's morale, which is you know strange. Soon as she she's she's the one going through it all, but she's never been one just to you know if she's really really sick she'll sit on the sofa and feel a bit sorry for herself. But in general, she'll just get up and and, and get on with it. And it's a it's a big it's taught me a big lesson in in life. Um, it might have taken me to get to this age, <laughs> but yeah yeah I've learned a lot of lessons for the past eighteen months. Mate, we always learn from our children. I, 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 well, one thing I learned from my daughter was she's a she was a cunning soul when she was young. Uh but when, when I used to, when I used to tell her off, which wasn't very often because I, I you know I don't think she ever understood my accent to be fair, and she took no notice of me anyway because you know she thinks I'm a dad I'm a gobshite. But when she was young, and then I tell her off, and she go upstairs and she comes down the QPR kit, and I'd be like, oh, oh look at that, oh look at that, and that mob is and now she's got out with a Tottenham fan. Yep, I needed that moment. Just <laughs> magically, it was imagine she brought a Chelsea fan home. Jesus, oh Christ. man. I mean, is this going to happen to us during our lifetime? I mean, you've got girls, I've got a girl. Hopefully she'll stay with him and she won't go to a Chelsea fan. But I don't think I could. Oh, I don't think I could. Oh, I'm even thinking about it. Or, or James or Dan, you know, if they bring a Chelsea fan home, what do you do? Just, yeah. just well, they wouldn't talk. be allowed in. <laughs> you just don't talk football with them. It's yeah. just a banned subject. No. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, my boy's my boy's three, and I managed to get him out of nappies into proper pants with the idea of you can come to QPR if you decide to start wearing pants. The next day, he put pants on and went, can I go to the football with you and granddad? I was like, yep. Yeah. So once they announce a friendly in, a, in the summer, 
you know, sometime in July, that will be, that will be his first match. It'll be three and a half. It'll probably be interested for about 15 minutes. But, um, but that, that uh, but, you know, he says he supports QPR. I don't think he knows what that means, but, um, but it's a start. <laughs> Do you know what I'm worried about, James? When the time he gets to 15 and he doesn't want to go, does he have to start a dirty protest? <laughs> well, well, I mean, I mean, we can just play this podcast back to him and really embarrass him. Excellent, loving it. <laughs> right, we're going to go for predictions now, which is literally just do I even bother? I mean, <laughs> do we take a committee decision on this? Sheffield United at home, going for the playoffs. Our yeah. season's over. <sighs> Good one, John. It's a question of how many, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna, after John's. Story about the wee one and everything else, and and almost making us all in tears. I think John owes us the reality check of what we're going to witness on Friday night. Do you know what? I think it's going to be one of those stupid games where we win by like three nil. Off, he's off. <laughs> and and it'll be a really, really, really good game. It'll be a really, really good game because everybody's playing for contracts and everybody wants to put on a good show. And it's the last home game, and there's a real buzz. And then everyone will make a concerted effort to go to Swansea and we'll get beaten 5 0. Yeah, that's kind of next week's podcast, John. But hey ho, okay, thanks for that. You know, James, I should have gone to you first. It's been awful. No, no, no. Um, there will be goals. Um, I, I just hope there's not more than that we get more than Sheffield United. Actually, I do think goals after 2 2. I think it'll be an enjoyable final game of the season. Um, I think. You know, it'd be so QPR to just unintentionally spoil it for some other team because they've still got something to play for. Um, so yeah, and, and they're not in the best of form either right now. So I think I think I think it'll be a couple of goals each. I obviously want us to win, but you know, of course you do. You wouldn't be at the podcast always, would you? Right. It'd be a Sheffield United <laughs> podcast, and I'd be talking like that. Oh, I just did that. I've had a, had a body experience, Dan. Two-nil uh, Sheffield United. <laughs> it's going to be a real damp squib and then we'll all just walk off at the end and some people will boo the players and it'll be awful <laughs> I really don't want to go because that's what it's going to be like but, have you had a bad yeah, day been no this, this is, you know I, I, it, that is exactly what's going to happen there's always one pessimist absolutely I'm not always a pessimist I, I thought we'd beat Derby and we did, but we're not. But but that, this is, I thought I was bad. This is a nothing game for us. The players are, pro- you know, might be upset because Warburton's leaving, right. and they need but, to two nil, two nil to them. Sadly, yeah, they, they they're going to pack. But do we know if they've sold all the tickets? Is it going to be a packed away end? Um, I'd imagine they bring quite a few down. Not a clue. Not no, a clue. No. I had lost interest at halfway through the first half on Saturday when I just watched the players and I was thinking, yeah, hopefully Sheffield United won't have anything to play for. It'll be sort of one way or another. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, post, well, sorry, Dan, you said 2-0. 2-0 the yeah. wrong team. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep up with what I said every podcast in the range of the win. It'll be marvellous. Stan and Rodney will... Oh, no, they're not playing anymore. Bollocks. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh no, he's not playing either. Nah, listen, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of them things where we don't know what's gonna happen. And I, I, I feel Dan's probably more realist than me, and I can't bring myself to say it. But I'm not expecting greatness. And if it, but then sometimes that's what's good about watching QPR. You don't expect it, but the fact we've got nothing to play for, 
you know, that's one of them things. So, uh, one all, two one to them, something like that. Who knows? Um, I think there's there's pride to play for, Paul. There's pride to play for. Of course, for. There's, there always is. But the trouble is, John, so many players out of contract, the mood when the stadium will be great, everything else. All players got to try that extra bet, knowing that might not be the next season. If they and if they get injured, they might not be in another club next season. That's going to be. I, 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 it's a shame that it's not all. You know, it's one of them things that when you say it's true, with so many players coming out of contract and having another influx of players is never good because you know, especially at my age, I, I just get to recognise them by the end of the season and they're gone again. It's like oh, I've got to start all over again. Players That's why I've got their names on the back of the shirt, Paul. <laughs> All right. Look at what this podcast and trial be funny. That's James's job, and he's terrible at it. Um, so, right. Yeah. I wish you'd put nicknames in the back of the shirts. That'd be more fun, wouldn't it? Or, or, or open it up to the fans for one season to have, you know, what we think they should be called in the back of the shirts just for a laugh. Not judging by what they get called on social media, that's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Well, be, no, I mean, wouldn't be principal. <laughs> There was one thing I, I remember speaking to you before about, and you were there when Charlie got, you know, pelters from some fans and his wife and his daughter were there. It wasn't clever. And it's noticeable since Charlie's been getting a lot more pelters on social media. His love for the club is seeming to be a little bit gone away, but which is, you know, it's sad because I don't think he deserves that. I think over his time at QPR, no player, by the way, no player deserves pelters like that. I mean, but no one could have accused Charlie Obson of not trying. He's he's always tried. It's just some this last few months hasn't worked out. But you were there, John, weren't you? It wasn't clever, was it? No, not 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 clever at all. Um, yeah, I might be a bit biased because you know the amount of hard work that family's put into helping mine. But he's a realist as much as we are, and he'll be the first one to say if he's had a poor game. But I don't think he's played long enough in the games to have a meaningful impact. Um, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's it's not fair, you know, bringing people's families into it and and things like that. If if somebody's had a had a, had a poor game, and also, I, I mean, I know we, I feel like this is turning into a marathon pod, so I'll try not to keep going on forever. As we've done pretty, yeah, don't say. Also, no, but I also think that we've never played well enough to him. Put some balls, in, put some crosses into the box. He's brilliant in the air, and he's brilliant around a six yard box. The amount of times I've seen him play. And he's putting the ball in from the right wing or the left wing or collecting it out. You've got a guy that's that you give that guy service, he'll still get 15 goals in, in, yeah. in the championship if he plays. But that's just not happened. And yeah, and we've never we've never played to never played to his strength. And that's why he hasn't featured that much, because the, the way we've set up to play suits Dykes. But unfortunately, Dykes hasn't hasn't been great that, that great this season. So yeah. Yeah, two two completely different types of striker. Yeah, um, but two different completely types type of strikers that I think play well together because of their differences. But I don't think they've played together enough this season for right. various reasons. I agree. Now, before James goes on another, which is and I'm not saying it's bad, James. It's good. I like it. It's what podcast is for. But we're going to go on to the R's end of the show. Dear listener, I can only thank you. Because I reckon it is one person at this point. <laughs> and if my mother was still with us, God help her, I would probably say it was probably her. Anyway, um, we're at that stage. We're doing our ends. Now, I'm going to start with James because, quite frankly, I've got to get up for work in the morning. And um, I'm letting him go first. Go on then. 
I always struggle with the R's ends, not because I end up being Excellent. a gambling that, one, but because I don't, I don't, I don't normally have one. Um, let's my R's. I tell my R's end. I don't think Albert Adoma has scored a goal at the loft end with people there. I would love to see that. I'd love to see that on Friday. That's my R's end. Albert Adoma scoring the loft. Did he score a penalty? You know, open play, proper goal, Paul, proper goal. That's what. That's my R's end. I could be wrong about that, by the way, but I'm pretty sure he did. Okay, fair enough. Maybe if I got it wrong, I got it wrong. But that's what I'd like to see. No, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Nothing more. No, no nothing, nothing more. You're absolutely sure. Yeah, I'm done. I'm good. Stat You're not going to get another chance. Stat, There's stat no stat out. you want to blow. Is is there one stat you want to throw at us before we, I go on to John? No. <laughs> okay. How's by the way? How's Belfast looking tonight? Uh, the, the the sun has set now. I'm right. I'm 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 right by the Grand Central Hotel, which is a very nice hotel in in Belfast. I'm not staying in that. I'm staying in the Maldron, which is also a nice hotel. Are you anywhere near the Oval? Um, I could pretend to know what that is, um, but I don't. It's Glen Torn's ground. It's on the ground you fly in. Oh no, oh, George! I'm not far. far. I'd go George Best, Belfast City. Yeah, yeah. That, that ground is where I stood when I was a kid. And got... I mean, I know where it is, um, but no, I can't. I can't see it. Okay. For anyone still with us, Dan? I'm going to go to you, John, in a minute. I remember, I'm going to go to Dan because Dan looks like he's about to fall asleep. <laughs> this is my glasses. Fine. Um, <laughs> I, uh, oh, what is You look like a well, young Robert Preston. I look like what? Young Robert Pre- Preston. Rob- oh, really? Oh, thanks. I've never had that one. I usually get, uh, you know, Mackenzie Crook and stuff like that. Anyway. Um, oh, God, yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, well... It's been quite a doom and gloom podcast, but you know, we watched Derby go down the other week, and they're probably going to be down for ages. And and at least we're at least we're not doing that. So let's look on the bright side to new season soon, really quickly. The World Cup coming up probably shouldn't be where it is, but it's still a World Cup. Maybe things will be different next Cheers. season. That's my answer. <laughs> Thanks for the World Cup reference. <laughs> Cheers. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Watched it on the telly. With no reason to cheer. Thanks. Oh, that, that, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm bitter, you know. I went to the, I had one Euros, I had two World Cups when I was too young and I couldn't afford to go to Mexico and I couldn't afford to go to Spain because I was like 10. Um, and I'm bitter and twisted over it. And the Euros were brilliant and I won it again. And it's probably never going to happen again because we'll never ever probably win an international football match. But I'm just jealous. I'm sorry. And you're right, the World Cup should not be in that country. But that's another story. Anything else? No, just look on the bright side. We've done, we, you know, it's been a bad end to the season, but we haven't gone down. <laughs> I'll tell you another thing, that, that league is a freaking odd league to get out of. You can be the biggest and smallest club in the country and you still ain't getting out of that league easily. It's, that is the definition of hell in football well, is e- League One. Even the other way, you know, Reading have tried really hard all season to get relegated and they're going to stay up. <laughs> no. It's just yeah, I just wish they would. I hit guns that yeah. place. Hopefully next. Anyway, John. Um, as as the I season draws, terrible kids. Sorry. <laughs> as the season draws to a close, um, for for me and and for my family, really, it's just a heartfelt thank you to everyone 
um, for opening your arms and supporting us and accepting us and um, yeah, making my little girl feel like a princess as she runs onto the pitch and everybody's clapping for her. It's um, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Um, yeah, everyone that's listening and you guys, yeah, thank you, thank you, everyone. Listen, you need to thank us, mate. You guys have given us so much joy. It's you know, out of, out of something that only you guys know how painful it is. You've 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 made a difference, and I just love the fact that you have made that difference because that's what QPR is about: being different, making a difference. And you guys have done that, and I haven't got Noah's end because that was truly wonderful, and I can't follow that. I'm not even going to try. Um, well, this podcast has been uplifting. Yeah, come on. <laughs> We're going to win the league next year, aren't we, guys? It's going to be like it's like you know we're, we're like a Del Boy in Peckham, and this time next year, Rodney will be champions, and you never know. Stranger things have happened, but I would say if the club are going to act, it'd be nice if we get a chance to say goodbye to the players under contract and whoever else is leaving. Um, there's nothing worse than people going and you don't get that chance to say thank you or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So that'd be nice. Anyway, Dan. Brilliant. Thank you again for coming on. You should come on more often, mate. I, I do yep. enjoy you being on here. Have you got a book coming out? I forgot to ask you. Uh, no, no book. No book this year. No. Oh. Sorry. Okay. But my mate, John, he's, he's doing the third one. I bowed out. So, so there, is a, there is a third uh, book about footballers' autobiography. The fi- it's called The Final Third. It'll be out in the autumn. Oh, good man. And I will promise we'll get you on more often next season. Hopefully when you're you. available. To it. it's always good James despite my Mickey taking I think you and your dad are brilliant and I love having you on the podcast and thank you for giving me your time and, and especially you're making me emotional being in my home city it's, you know? it's, it's Belfast a great a great place and you know I always like coming on the podcast talking QPR I'm sorry if I end up joining on and getting a little bit negative I don't mean to I obviously want us to score the maximum points in every game we play but that's not how football goes is it <laughs> you have you have nothing to apologise for James to be daft it's fine so we listen if we weren't QPR fans having a wee bit of a a moment we'd we'd, 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 we'd probably die of shock frankly so no don't worry John can't thank you enough mate thank you for coming on and um, yeah and hopefully I'm going to get to meet you one of these days hopefully Friday I'll get to say hopefully, hopefully Friday as I say Dutch has got her last Chemo and bell ringing and everything else we've got. I've got um, me and Bella have got tickets, so if everything's done and dusted, we can hop in the car and get there. It'll be Bella's first game under the lights, so um, I don't normally let us stay up that late. So oh, well, listen, uh, it'd be good, good for her. Oh, and, give, and give Doddy a big hug from us when you're in there. But I know it's not. I know there's a lot of things to do, but just it's a good start, isn't it? So give it her is, a big hug from the rest of us, and uh, make sure you put, put it all over social media. We will. We, we, we could that sort of thing's way different from football and way more important. So thank you for, for bringing Dottie to our attention. And also, not only that, for that blinking smile she's got, Jesus, if you could put all that up and, and smart, you know, maybe she should do a team talk for the club one day. Who knows? Um, yeah. But listen, thank you everyone for coming on. Thank you for listening. This has been Open All Ours and we'll be back next week for the end of the season one and then we have a summer and then we go again next year. But thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah.